Good morning. How's everybody doing? Lovely. Uh, if you are a guest here, my name is Mike Denius, and I'm not the normal guy up here, but I'm up here more often than I used to be. Um, and I want to welcome you to this morning. I want to welcome you to the church. Uh, sit back, relax. We hope that Jesus has given you something this morning, um, either in the worship or in the lesson. And we're really excited to have you here. I'm excited that the ladies had a good weekend and that they are all back and that I can sleep tonight. I don't know about you other guys, but when my wife is not at home in bed with me, I don't sleep. It's very rough. So I'm excited to sleep tonight, um, but I am excited that the ladies had a great weekend and I got to see pictures of all y'all learning about Jesus and being the queen of you. So uh, welcome back and you'll need sleep tonight too, probably. Um, we're in the middle. Actually, we're not even in the middle. We're at the end. We're at the end of a sermon series called As For Me and My House. And uh, the past couple of weeks, Tim has been talking about how to ruin my family. And he's been looking at the life of Lot. And if you weren't here for those lessons, I highly suggest going back and listening to them. You, there's different ways you can find our sermons. The easiest way for me is going to greateraltonchurch.com. And you can click the sermon tab and listen to past sermons. Uh, they are the past two weeks we're very uncomfortable. And that's a good thing sometimes. That's a good thing to hear things that make you uncomfortable and make you really think, like, am I doing these things or am I not doing these things with my family? And they were really challenging for me. Um, today, we're wrapping up this sermon series and we're talking about bringing home Jesus. Um, before we jump into this lesson, let's look at the theme verse that we've had. For this sermon series, it's Joshua twenty four fifteen, and it says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua was talking to the Israelites that are about to possess the land of Israel, and he's telling them, you need to choose who you're going to serve. But my family... We're going to serve Jehovah. We're going to serve El Shaddai. We're going to serve Yahweh. We're going to serve the creator. We're going to serve God. And we're talking about bringing home Jesus today. And I don't know, when you think about bringing home Jesus, do you think, do you pull a Ricky Bobby and you go, dear eight pound, six ounce Jesus in your infantile state, do you think about bringing home an infant? I ain't about that life anymore. I'm 40 now. I don't want to start over. I don't need no baby in my house. Some of you are giggling. Some of you are like, oh, dude, we just brought home a baby. James and Cassie have Atlas now. He's the coolest little kid I've ever seen. I love him to death for many reasons. I ain't about that life anymore. My kids sleep through the night. I can leave them home alone. It's Life changes when you can start leaving your kids home alone. You can go on dates with your spouse and do things, and it's fantastic. I'm, that's not what we're talking about here this morning. We're not talking about bringing home a baby. We're talking about bringing home your Savior. We're talking about bringing Jesus into your home. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about things Mary and Joseph might have done. We don't have a whole lot of information on what Mary and Joseph did. But we have traditions in the Jewish, the Jewish lifestyle made evident in the show The Chosen. You get to see their traditions live and in person. Um, but if you think about the nativity story, if you think about the nativity story, we got Mary and Joseph, we got sheep and cattle, there's usually an angel on top, right? 
and, and we got shepherds, and then we got three wise men, right? And I, most of you guys know this by now, but for the most part, it's taught the wise men weren't actually there. They didn't show up till later. If you look in Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, it says, After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house... They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They didn't go to a barn. They didn't go to the manger. They went to a home. They went to the house of Mary and Joseph, where they saw the child, not the baby. Mary and Joseph had brought Jesus home. They brought Jesus into their home. Now, that's different than what I'm talking about today. They brought a baby home. But Jesus lived in their home. Can you guys say that Jesus lives in your home? Is your Savior alive in your home? As I'm studying for this, it's really challenging to me. It's really challenging because I can't just come up here and, and, and read all of my notes and, to you guys and not look at myself and not look at my family and really have this, this eye of, is Jesus alive in my home? Uh, there's, there's a point we're going to get to today that I'm weak in. I'm very weak in one of these points and I've been trying really hard to get stronger at it and it's a fight. And every time I come up here and I talk in front of you guys, there's a, at least one, if not multiple times, multiple points in my sermon where I'm like, <gasps> kicking myself. It's hard. It's hard. Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into their home and today I want you to know that you can bring Jesus to your home too. Jesus wants to be in your home as a presence. He wants to be there as a guide. He wants to be there as a savior. And we see that in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Jesus is talking to uh, some churches. And this is what he says. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus wants to be a part of your home. He wants to be a part of your family. But Jesus is a gentleman. He is not going to force his way into your home. He's not going to force his way into your family. He's going to knock. He's going to ask. And if you say no, he won't come in. But I want to encourage you, letting Jesus into your family, letting Jesus into your home is the absolute best decision ever you could make for your family, for your household. So how can I make sure Jesus is a part of my home? How can I bring Jesus home? Uh, I know usually I only have three points for you guys because that's all I can ever focus on. Today I got four. I'm sorry. One extra. Gosh, Mike, one more thing we got to do. Um, but let's talk about this. How do I bring Jesus into my home? Well, number one, I talk about him. I talk about him. It sounds really simple. I'm a simple guy. I need simple things. I talk about him. Mary and Joseph spoke about God to Jesus. I don't know if you guys are like me, but as I'm studying and preparing for the sermon, I'm like, Jesus was God. What did Mary and Joseph have to do? I'm like, I know he was a little kid. He had to be raised. He, I mean, he had, he was, he was human. He was human. He was fully human, 
fully God. So there was things Mary and Joseph had to teach him, but he was also God. So what? I don't understand this, but Mary and Joseph had to have spoke about God. It was Jewish parents' responsibility to speak about God. Um, I love, there's, I forget which episode it is, but there's an episode where it's all about the Shema in, in the chosen. They're always praying the specific prayer. And it's found in the law where you pray this prayer. And all these Jewish families do this. They pray the Shema. They're talking about God to their children. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 9, it talks about writing the words of God on your doorposts and lentils. You don't write something down. Have you ever, like, you tell your kids not to draw on the walls, right? You tell your kids not to draw on the walls, but then you're going to paint something on the wall, like words or something. Have you ever had your kids walk up, I'm not allowed to draw on the walls, but you're drawing on the walls? Think about that, and then think about the context of the fact that you're writing scripture on the doorposts and lentils of your house, on the walls. You're drawing scripture. You think your kids are going to ask you about what you're doing? You think your kids are going to ask you about why you're doing that? It's a perfect opportunity. I'm not telling you to go home and start drawing all over your walls. Do it if you want to. That's pretty cool. But it's going to give you an opportunity. We're supposed to be talking about God to our children. God is supposed to be a presence in our home. And I need to be talking about him openly. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. If I'm talking about him, that implies a few things about myself. It implies that I'm seeking him myself that i'm trying to know him i'm trying to seek that relationship with him matthew chapter 6 verse 33 it says but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you i'm supposed to be seeking god i'm supposed to be looking and searching for his righteousness and if i'm going to talk about him openly i need to make sure i'm doing that i need to make sure i know what i'm talking about Our kids know when we're talking about something we don't know anything about. Children are really good hypocrite meters. Really good. Ask any youth leader. If you're talking about something you don't know anything about, you'll get called out on it really quick. Parents of teenagers, if you start talking about something you don't know anything about, They're not going to stay quiet, are they? Dad, you don't even know what you're talking about. Gosh. And then they storm off and teenagers. And if I'm seeking him, I need to make sure I'm in his word. I need to make sure that I am learning about what he said for my life. If I'm going to talk about him, I need to know what he said. I need to know who he is. I need to seek him out. I need to be in his word daily. We were talking last night um, about how uh, I'm excited to read scripture every day. I just finished the book of Judges yesterday and pretty much read the entire book of Ruth this morning. I'm excited about that. And I wasn't always excited about that. I wasn't always excited to read scripture. And let's be real. I spent a good chunk in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy already this year. Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy are books of the Bible where people break their promise to God. God, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. Oh, numbers. So many numbers. Why? But I read it. I read it. And I was excited because I get to read God's word. 
And that took growth. I had to grow into that. I was not always excited to read God's word. And there, to be honest, there was a few mornings that I needed an extra cup of coffee to get through Leviticus. But I get to read God's word and I get to talk about what I'm learning. Uh, in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. By getting into his word, by learning about what he said, you're sinking roots down. You're building a foundation. And not just for you, but for your family too. Because if your faith is going to be strong, it will pour out to the people around you. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be strong Christians, but they got a better chance. And you're bringing Jesus into your home by talking about him. By talking about what you're reading and learning. You can talk about the miracles in your life. I said miracles. And immediately, somebody in this crowd was like, oh, miracles don't happen anymore, Mike. I'm not talking like parting the Red Sea, although I believe if God wanted to, he could part the Red Sea or Mississippi, whichever, right now. I believe he could do that. But there are other things in your life, the miracles in your life. You have miracles in your life. Do you believe that? Are you talking about that? We talk about that with our girls. We talk about how there's miracles in our family that have happened. The fact that Blythe, Kara, and Jim are all sitting in this room right now is a miracle. Blythe is a twin. We could have lost her too. Kara tried to kill herself multiple times as a small child by swallowing quarters. And, and many of you know, Jim has cancer. That will one day kill him. But we thought that was going to happen months after the diagnosis. It's been, what, seven years? Eight? Eight years? N- nine? Talk about... Yeah, and, and, and you guys got stuff in your... Debbie, you have miracles in your life. Are we talking about the miracles in our lives to our family? Are we talking about it? Or are we just sitting there, praise Jesus. In 1 Peter 21, it says, this is what you were called to do. Christ suffered for you. He gave you an example to follow. So you should do as he did. Is Christ guiding you? Do as he did. Is Christ guiding you? Are you allowing him to guide you? And are you... Are you Psalm 71, 15 through 16. I will tell of your goodness all day long. I will speak of your salvation. Though it is more than I can understand. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will proclaim your goodness. Yours alone. Are, are we telling of his goodness? Are we talking about his salvation all day long? Are we just talking about him? If we want Jesus in our family, we got to be talking about him. If we want Jesus in our home, we got to be talking about him. Do you have a conversation with your family about Jesus? Mike, that might start a fight. You're right. It might start a fight. But wouldn't you rather start a fight about Jesus than about what you're going to watch on TV or what you're going to eat for dinner, where you're going to go? I would much rather start a fight about Jesus than if we're going to eat at Chick-fil-A or Burger King. Much rather. Jesus chicken. What's something else we can do? What's something else we can do to bring Jesus home? We can talk to him 
openly. I told you there's there's a point that's hard for me. This is it. This is where I struggle. We can talk to Jesus openly. And I'm talking about prayer in our family. Mary and Joseph spoke to God in front of Jesus. Again, the Shema. It's a prayer that you teach your kids and you pray it. They had to have talked to God. You guys, you understand that Mary and Joseph were righteous people before Jesus showed up, right? Mary and Joseph were righteous. That's why Jesus could come into their home. Obviously, they had a relationship with God. Obviously, they spoke with God. Are we praying with our kids openly? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Are we praying without ceasing? Again, I'm really challenged by this point. I spent a lot of time in prayer this weekend. I was praying for the ladies retreat. I was praying for this sermon, this lesson. There was a lot of things I was praying for. I was praying for sleep because at like midnight when I'm usually in sleep for three hours already, I'm like, help me sleep. But are we doing that openly with our kids? Are we reserved or shy about it? There's a difference between humble and shyness. Humility, yeah, you should approach God with humility. He's the creator of the universe. I should approach him with humility. But I shouldn't be afraid to talk to him in front of my children. And again, this is a struggle for people. It's a struggle for me to pray out loud with my kids. Romans 12.12 in the International Children's Bible says, Be joyful because you have hope. Be patient when trouble comes and pray at all times. We try to teach our kids to pray about everything. Right now, one of our girls is having a struggle with one of her teachers. She feels the teacher is really mean and really rude. Not necessarily even to her, but to her friends. And our advice, there's something going on in her life. We need to pray for her. And I say our advice, that's my wife's advice. Again, I struggle with this point. That's my wife. We need to pray for her. And we did. We do. Like, we stopped what we were doing. We prayed for her. At dinner, I was praying for the food. And I was praying for everybody in our lives that needs prayer. And I got done. I said, amen. And my wife goes, and miss. I go, and please, <laughs> and please help miss with whatever is going on in her life. So that you can work. And it, it, again, it helps to have a partner who is right there with you. Again, kids are hypocrite meters. They'll find hypocrites. Do we have a pretense about prayer? Do we put up a front when we're praying? In Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, there's a story that Jesus told. And it says this, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, 
God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. It's one thing to pray with our kids. It's one thing to play. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. It's one thing to do that. And it's great. There's nothing wrong with that. When your kids are little and you're teaching them how to pray, it is great. When we go to my parents' house, we still pray the same prayer over dinner that we prayed when I was like a baby. But when mom goes, hey, will you pray for the food? Or Kara, will you pray for the food? Or Blythe, will you pray for the food? It ain't that same prayer. It's, God, we are so grateful for this food. And again, there is nothing wrong with saying those prayers with your kids to get them to teach them to pray. But at some point, we need to move forward. We need to move forward because we can't be stuck as little kids our whole lives. We have to move forward in our relationship with God. And we need to teach our children that you need to move forward in your relationship with God. When we would go to Cassie's family for holidays, I loved listening to Grandpa Jay pray. I loved listening to Grandpa Jay pray. The man had a heart for God. And you can see that in his family. You can see that... Spread out in his family. Are we teaching our family? It's okay and it's great to talk openly with God. And are we teaching them how? Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. We need to teach our children how to pray. So if I want to bring Jesus into my home, I talk about him. I talk to him openly. Number three, I monitor the chatter. So, our government monitors chatter, right? When we, when we say that, there's a lot of things. Some people agree with it. Some people don't agree with it. Some people think it's good. Some people think it doesn't. Whatever. But in my home, I need to monitor the chatter. And what I mean by that is I monitor the voices that are coming into my home. I monitor the entertainment that's coming into my home. In Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. It says be careful what you think. Because your thoughts run your life. Uh, in the NIV it says above all else guard your heart. For it is a wellspring of life. The voices we hear influence the way we think. The voices we hear influence the way we think. And if I want my kids and their thoughts to dwell on Christ and I want him to be at the forefront of their thoughts in my home I need to monitor the chatter that's coming into the home and that changes for different stages of life like for the longest time we wouldn't let the girls watch anything that dealt with a homosexual lifestyle that got really hard to watch things because that is so prevalent in our society right now specifically in the media But as I grew up, we started watching some of those things. And we started talking about what we were looking at. And we started talking about what we were watching. Yeah, we didn't jump right into rated R movies. We still don't watch rated R movies. But it's not always just G that we're watching anymore. 
And we talk about those things. We talk about why we don't agree with them. We talk about why they're unholy. We talk about why Jesus calls us to love people like that. And why we're supposed to be their friends. And it's amazing to see what's happening in the lives of my daughters. Specifically with their friends. Because they go to public school. That stuff is prevalent. But we have those conversations. We talk about the chatter. We talk about the music they listen to. We talk about the stuff they look on the internet. The stuff that's coming in on the TV. We have an open dialogue about what the, what the chatter is. In Romans 12, 12, it says, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If I want Jesus in my home, I need to make sure there's room for him. I need to make sure there's room for him. In Bethlehem, there was no room in the inn. Jesus was born in a manger. Mary and Joseph brought him into their home. There was room for him. Obviously, he was their firstborn. Am I making room for Christ in my family, in my home? Can I tell you it's really easy to get caught up in stuff? Um, I was never like the huge sports guy until recently. And my wife has had this conversation with me recently that, hey, you need to make sure that your daughters and their upbringing is coming before how excited you are about the Battle Hawks or the Blues or City SC or the Cardinals or Wrexham. Which, by the way, yesterday was a really good day. I was home alone most of the day. Wrexham won, Battlehawks won, City SC won, Blues won, Cardinals. I can be really excited about that, right? But even though it's not evil to be excited, God creates stuff for us to enjoy. Even though it's not evil for me to enjoy those things, if I neglect my children, that chatter becomes evil. I have made an idol. I've made an idol out of sports. You know, back in the day, in, in, in the time of the Israelites, in the Old Testament, they talked about worshiping the stars. They talked about worshiping the stars and the astropoles and the bales. Why do we call them Hollywood stars? Superstars? Sports stars? Music stars? They can become objects of worship. If we're not careful. Again, I love music. I love movies. I love sports. But if I'm allowing those voices to control my home, to control my interest, I'm allowing the chatter in. And I personally have to be really careful because I will jump down that rabbit hole super quick. I will follow that rabbit and forget everything else. Are we aware of the chatter? coming into our home the other voices in second chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 it says if they pray to me and repent and turn away from the evil they've been doing then i will hear them in heaven forgive their sins and make their land prosperous again are we praying for the good voices that come into our home and against the evil ones and again i struggle with prayer there is an app out i've been using it for a while Twice a day, 
it gives you a prayer prompt. It's called If 714, and it's based off of Second Chronicles 714, where it says, If they pray and repent and turn to me, I will forgive their sins and make their land prosperous again. And this app, the idea behind it was, we want to get America to pray. And every day at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m., it gives you a prayer prompt. It's really helped me in my prayer life. I still struggle with my prayer life. There's also revival prayers on this app. There's two pages. You got your regular prayer prompt, and then other people can ask for prayer requests on the revival page. And you can pray over that, and you can click your little button that you prayed, and then people know that you've been praying for them. And it's a really good way for me to keep track of the fact, am I actually praying? Because I'll sit there and I'll read it. I'll pray about it. I'll pray about the other things going on in my life. And it doesn't take hours. Five, ten minutes of your day. Each time. It's the If714 app. Alan turned me on to it. And I love the fact that I have this prompt to remind me. You need to talk to your Savior. But are we monitoring that chatter? Our families are dealing with an evil and fallen world. And we, as the leaders, have to be the gatekeepers. We have to, we are responsible as gatekeepers for the, for the safety of what is inside the gate. And I have to be selective about what voices I allow into my home. I want God's voice to be the loudest of all of them, even louder than mine. If we want Jesus to be in our home, we have to be aware of the other voices and we have to monitor them. We gotta talk about them and bring them to light. And the final thing, so we talk about him, we talk to him openly, and we monitor the chatter. And the last thing is probably the absolute most important thing. I rejoice that I am his. I rejoice that I am his. Philippians 4, 4 through 7, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to ask you a question. Are you excited about your faith? Are you excited about your faith? If I want my family to be excited to have Jesus in our home, then I need to be excited to have Jesus in our home. Growing up, I went to a church that lamented their faith. They mourned their faith. The music was sad. The worship was sad. The sermon was sad. There wasn't energy to it. And I grew up thinking that was faith. I grew up thinking that's what religion is. We're bad and we should be sad. But that's not what God tells me. I'm supposed to rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 118.24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We sang that song in the church I grew up. This is the day... This is, 
Yeah, that the Lord has made. And that's how we sang it. Oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be rejoicing. I don't think we knew what that word meant. Are you guys excited that the Savior has saved you? Are you excited that the God of creation knows you? I am. Oh my gosh, think about that. Lord of all creation created everything and knows how many hairs are on your head. Little or many. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows you that well. Are you excited about it? I have to make sure that I'm not mourning my faith. I'm not mourning my faith. I'm excited about my faith. I have to remember and share victories. God has saved us from so much. Not even just our sin. But that's a big one. I'm going to heaven. I get to live with him eternally in paradise. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. But God has also saved me from my own stupidity. That's so awesome. Are you guys excited about your faith? Because we should be. We should be excited. I rejoice in tribulation. What? What? Oh, tribulation. You mean problems? Yes. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Trouble's going to happen. But God's got us. So we can be happy. We can be joyous. Yes, it's going to suck. But God's with us. I'd rather be in a storm with God than in a storm without God. And the storms are going to come. There are going to be storms here in the next few weeks because it's spring. There are going to be storms in your life because you're alive. But if you have God with you, you can rejoice in the storm. Because the guy who made the storm is with you. The guy who made this world is with you. We can be excited. I rejoice in victory. When God brings you through something, are you excited? Oh my gosh, I had so many bills to pay and God provided. Oh my gosh, I was sick and God healed me. Oh my gosh, this person was really sick. Now they're with Jesus. You can find victory in anything. Yeah, it's really sad when a family member passes on, but when they die in Christ, we celebrate. We celebrate because they're with Jesus now. They're no longer suffering. There are victories all around us, and we can remind our family, hey, Jesus is working. There are victories happening, and that brings Jesus into our home. Am I giving him all the glory in these victories? There are times where there was no earthly way for us to make ends meet, and God provided for us. And we talk to the girls about that a lot. We're like, God takes care of us. There have been so many times God takes care of us. And you know what? God doesn't just provide for our needs. He gives us a little extra too. He takes care of us way more than we need. Way more than we need. We have extra. And what we do with that extra is we praise God. 
We use the extra he's given us to help him, to help his kingdom. In Romans 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Are you excited that you are his? Because if you want your kids and your family to be excited about Jesus, they aren't going to be if you're not. There is no way... Wait, let me back that up. God can do great great things. But it's less likely for your kids to be super excited about faith and about Jesus if you are not excited about your faith and about Jesus. It is less likely that your kids are going to sacrifice for the kingdom if you are not sacrificing for the kingdom. Am I excited? One of the guys that was over at the house last night brought up, we're going to be doing a special contribution here uh, this year. We want to pay off the building. And, we're t- and he just brought it up. He's like, have you guys thought about the special contribution? We're sitting there watching the Battle Hawks game. I didn't, I wasn't th- thinking about special contribution. I'm like, go Battle Hawks. Like, special contribution? We just scored a touchdown. What are you doing? I'm glad that I've had people who are way more spiritual than me around me. Um, but we got to talk about it. And we were talking about it and we we're talking about, and we started getting excited about it. Back up 20 years. And if I heard some guys really excited about giving extra to a church, I would have thought they were insane. Would have thought they were absolutely insane. But we're sitting there getting really excited about talking about ideas of what we're going to give. And how it's going to be sacrificial and how we're going to have to not do this or not do that. Or we're going to have to give up going here or going there. And we were just really excited about it. And then we were really excited because he brought up, he goes, you know, there's a few people in the church. If they got together, they could probably just pay the church off. But I don't want them to. Because that would take it away from other people. Other people would be excited to give, to have a, to buy in, to have a part of it. I'm like, you're getting it. That's awesome. Because we're all in this family together. And we're all, I hope, we're all excited about being Christ. And seeing what he can do with this body. And this weird building. Because it's his. What can God get? God made everything from nothing. So what can he do with something that's already built? It's exciting to hear people talk like this, to be excited about stuff. It makes me excited. I don't know if you can tell, I'm kind of excited. I wore two shirts up here because I'm sweating. I'm glad I wore two shirts. Yeah. But are you excited? I want to encourage you, today, you can have Jesus in your home. And, and now I sound like a TV salesman. Only for 19.99, you can have today, Jesus. No, no, that's that's not what I'm talking about. So I've heard people like they're really challenged by the sermon series. They're really challenged by the sermon series. I don't want you to be discouraged. You're like, Mike, I don't have Jesus in my home. I haven't been that parent. You keep talking about the stuff you and Cassie are doing. It sounds amazing. Can I tell you, we're not always amazing. And that's just our victories. I'm not sharing much of our struggle. I've told you my struggle, but there are times we fail as parents. But we can have Jesus in our homes today. And if you don't have Jesus in your home today, you can make it happen today. You can start today. The beautiful thing about repentance is that you don't choose to repent, you don't choose to repent once and that's it. 
Repentance is a direction, not necessarily just a moment. If you haven't been bringing Jesus home, you can start today and change your direction. You can start bringing Jesus in your home. But my, my kids are all grown up and stuff. I don't care. You can start today. You can start doing these things. Talk about him. Pray about him. Be excited about him. Rejoice that you're his. Watch, the, watch what's coming in your home. You can start that today. And if you aren't his, if you aren't Jesus, that's the best way to start today. By start having Jesus in your own life. To have your own faith. You can be baptized in the waters of salvation. You can be united with him in his death. And if you're united with him in his death, you can be united with him in his life. And you can bring him into your own life and then bring him in your home. You can't expect Jesus to come into your home if you won't allow him to come into your life. Maybe you've already surrendered. Maybe you're already Jesus's and he's in your heart. He's in your life and you're struggling to bring him in your house. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16. It says, be careful in your life and in your teaching. If you continue to live and teach rightly, you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. I told you guys a couple of times already, kids are hypocrite detectors. You're telling them, do as I say and not as I do. They're not going to want to do that. But Mike, they're teenagers. They might not even want to do if I do what I say and what I do. It's fair. But you'll have an easier time if your life and your doctrine align. What do I mean by that? If what you believe and what you do are the same thing. And then what you believe and what you do are the same all the time. So you have church mic. Church mic should be the same as home mic. And for the most part, I believe I am the same at home and at church. Work mic should be the same as home mic. Should also be the same as church mic. I need to watch my life and my doctrine closely so I can save both myself and my hearers. Be aware of how you live because your family is watching. I really hope that today you've heard something that will help you bring Jesus home. And again, I'm not talking about a little baby. I'm talking about our Savior. Bring him into your home. Share him with your family. Today you can invite Jesus to start working in and on your family. But I want to warn you. A little warning at the end. Jesus is going to disrupt things. I want you to think about what it might have been like in Jesus' home when Mary and Joseph brought him home. Joseph wasn't his dad. Nobody believed that Jesus' dad was actually God except Mary and Joseph. Maybe some family. It was hard. It disrupted things. They had to monitor the chatter. In uh, in the book of John, it talks about how people are talking to Jesus like, we know who our dads are. That's some heavy chatter. They had to monitor that chatter. They had to, even though Jesus is the son of God, they had to pay attention to what was coming into their home. And it disrupted their life. It's going to disrupt your life, having Jesus in your home. But can I tell you, it's the best thing you can do. It will. It's a culture changer. 
It's a salvation bringer. Having the Savior in your home. That disruption is needed because I talked to you earlier about Tim talking about Lot and it was uncomfortable. Sometimes discomfort is needed. Today, you can have Jesus in your home. You can bring him home. You can start talking about him openly. Praying to him openly. You can start monitoring that chatter. And you can rejoice that you're his. You can have that excitement. And that excitement flows out through you to the people around you. I want to encourage you today. Encourage you to to accept Jesus. To have him in your home. You can do this. Jesus will do this. If you let him in. In your bulletin, there's a a communication card. Uh, Maybe you have a prayer request. God, I... I want to start having Jesus in my home. It's hard. I need people to pray for me. There's a there's an opportunity there that you can pray. You can write down a prayer. And we have a prayer team that prays over each and every card. They don't go around talking about it. They just pray over the card. Maybe you have a delicate situation you need to pray about. You can put confidential. And then just they will just pray about that. It doesn't get spread around. Nobody knows anything. Maybe you're like... I need to surrender my life to Christ. There's a box you can check. I'm interested in baptism. And I'm just interested in knowing more about this. And fill that card out. And somebody will get in contact with you about your questions. And if you need help, you can mark that. There's a bunch of boxes to check. Somebody will get in contact with you. And we have baskets in the back if you're a guest. Just put your prayer card in there. You'll see our members putting an offering. We don't ask that from our guests. We didn't get you here to get something from you. We want to give you something. And we, I hope... God has given you something this morning. Um, our members will be putting in their offering. and uh, It's a great, beautiful day outside. I thought it was going to be rainy all weekend. It's not. God's blessed us. Enjoy the day with your family. Enjoy the day with whatever you're going to do. Take Jesus with you. Be excited about it. Next week, Tim's going to start a series getting ready for Easter. And I want to make sure I invite you all. Easter is only two weeks away. And you're all welcome for Easter morning. And we can celebrate that we are his. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your power. For you saving us from so much. For providing a way for us to come before you. For us to have a relationship with you. For saving us from our sin. Providing life eternal for us. God, you do so much for us. So much that we ever deserve. I'm so grateful for everything you do for us. I'm grateful for the family you've provided for me. I'm grateful for the wife you've given me. I'm grateful for this family here. All the spiritual aunts and uncles, moms and dads and grandparents that I have and that my kids have because of your family. I pray that we can be excited about you and about our faith and that that excitement flows out through this building, through our families, into the world around us and that we become that city on the hill, that light, that beacon of hope that you so want your church to be. Help us, Father. Help us work through our insecurities and through our sin. Help us to be your hands and your feet to the people around us. I love you, Father. It's in your name I pray. Amen. On bended knee I come with a
to 